Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop D-O-Double-G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat. It's off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. What a jam-packed show that we have for you today. You are listening to us on Noonan Zone, WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. It was a busy night in basketball, not only in the NBA and college basketball, but also high school basketball. Thrip Berenger and I were on the campus of Russell County last night, and I got to be honest with you, that might have been the greatest game that we have ever called on Georgia Alabama Sports Live as Central wins in overtime over the Russell County Warriors. I will get into that game. I will talk about a busy night in the city of Atlanta, a good night for the Atlanta Hawks and for Georgia Tech. Let's go ahead and dive into the show. So much action around high school basketball last night. Here's some of the scores as a big win on the campus of Columbus High School as Columbus defeats Doherty 54-53. Hardaway goes down to Albany, Georgia. They lose to Westover 70-39. They got a big game against Shaw this Friday. McIntosh, big wins over the Harris County Tigers and Lady Tigers 58-50 starting with the boys, and then the Harris County Lady Tigers suffer their third loss of the season. Kendrick, they lose to Northeast in Macon, 56-42. Pacelli, on the road, taking on the number two ranked team in the GIAA, down in Locust Grove, defeating Strong Rock Christian, 65-24. Spencer suffers their first loss in region play. As they lose to Southwest on a buzzer beater, 51-49. And Glenwood wins their first game in the region tournament, taking on Macon East, 41-27. They will take on Springwood later today. But let's talk about that Russell County Central game. Let's start with the Central Lady Red Devils, who are taking on the Russell County Lady Warriors. And we got to showcase one of the best basketball players that we have ever seen come out of this city, Jabria Lindsay. She had 22 points. It was a quiet 22 points. She normally averages 29 points a game, but Jabria Lindsay got her teammates involved, and Central was able to get a very convincing win over Russell County on the road. Meanwhile, the nightcap, this was a back-and-forth game. You had the stars coming out, Jacoby Hill for Central, Timothy Littleton third for Russell County, Central has not beaten Russell County in two years on Russell County's home gymnasium. And Central able to get the overtime victory. 
over Russell County, 87 to 85. As they get ready for region tournament play, they will take on Opelika. Russell County has earned a spot in the region tournament, and so both teams are going to make the playoffs. Russell County will take on the winner of Pike Road and Park Crossing. So that's going to be fun. Both teams are going to be in the playoffs. Two talented teams, and congratulations to Coach Battle and Coach Burkett. This was the game of the year by far, and you could catch a replay of it on Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. It was standing room only. There was not an empty seat in the house, and this is what we live for. This is why we like live streaming high school basketball games, because of the atmosphere like we witnessed last night. All right, in other basketball news, what a great night for the city of Atlanta. The Hawks get the 138-122 victory over LeBron. Trey Young scores 26 points. The Lakers dip under 500 once again. Who is to blame for the Lakers' struggles? LeBron's going to blame the coach. Darvin Ham could be out of a job. The Lakers could pull the move at the trade deadline and get a piece like they did shipping off Russell Westbrook. Or maybe the Lakers just keep the same team and hope for the best when they get into the playing game and then they go on their run and LeBron just flips the switch in the playoffs. But it was a big win for the Atlanta Hawks. And I was looking at the box score. And yes, the Lakers did not have Anthony Davis in the lineup. But a win is a win. The Hawks need it. If you look at the standings, the Atlanta Hawks are a half game ahead of Brooklyn for the 10th seed for the playing game. They would play the Chicago Bulls in the playing game for the right to get the number eight seed. They would have to win again to try to get into the playoffs. It's tough being the number 10 seed because you got to win twice to get the eighth seed. Anyway, college basketball last night. What a night for Georgia Tech. It was the first time they've defeated a top three team since 2004. Uh, don't forget, this week I'm going to have my top 10 Greatest moments in NCAA tournament history for the state of Georgia. That is going to be a special that's going to be airing later this week. Georgia Tech, even though they have struggled this year under first-year coach Damian Stoudemire, how about this? They've beaten North Carolina and Duke this year. They just can't beat Pitt at home or Virginia at home. They lose to Notre Dame at home, Boston College at home. A very inconsistent team, but anytime the lights are bright and you get a team like North Carolina who's projected to be a number one overall seed in the building something changes Nathan George with the game winner Georgia Tech 74-73 win they are 10 and 11 overall and their next game this Saturday taking on NC State meanwhile the Georgia Bulldogs they're going to be in action, taking on the best team in the SEC record-wise in the conference, the Alabama Crimson Tide at Coleman Coliseum. So good luck to the Georgia Bulldogs. Hopefully they can get a win so they can improve their resume because I still believe this is a tournament team. The Auburn Tigers are hosting Vanderbilt at Neville Arena tonight. In other news, it looks like the Detroit Lions are going to retain offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. He has not taken the head coach job of the Washington Commanders. I think the Detroit Lions want to try to run it back and try to compete to get to the Super Bowl next year. That's a good move because Ben Johnson was the reason for their success. I mean, it starts with Dan Campbell, but Ben Johnson is an offensive genius, 
and he was just calling all the right moves in that first half in the NFC Championship against the San Francisco 49ers. And finally, the Pittsburgh Steelers have offered the offensive coordinator position to former Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. They still got to get the quarterback right, so we'll see how that goes. Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars are on the road tonight for a Peach Belt Conference opponent as they will take on South Carolina Beaufort in Bluffton, South Carolina. The Lady Cougars come into this contest 9-7 overall, 5-3 in the Peach Belt. Last week, they gave Lander their first Peach Belt loss. I hope to have Coach Matt Hauser, coach of the Columbus State women's team, on the show tomorrow night. I also plan on having Coach Robert Moore of the men's team on as well. The Columbus State Cougars also 9-8 overall. 3-5 and five in the Peach Belt. They have lost three straight games. They're trying to get back on the winning track. A win tonight in Bluffton would be huge. The next home game for both the Cougars and Lady Cougars will be next Wednesday, February the 7th, at the Lumpkin Center against their longtime rival, Georgia Southwestern State University. You can catch all Columbus State games on Cougar TV and Cougar Radio 88.5 WCUG. Well, we have some new football coaches that's been introduced in the Tri-City area. The Kendrick Cherokee's new football coach is Coach Emmanuel Brown. He takes over for head coach Robert Martin. Coach Brown is a Kendrick alum, class of 2014, and a longtime assistant. And so he takes over a Kendrick Cherokee's program that is going to stay in 2A, but they get to face all the teams in Columbus minus Northside. Kendrick went 3-7 last year and 2-5 and in the region. The Columbus Blue Devils have a new head football coach. It is longtime assistant Bobby Peters. He takes over for the longest tenured coach in the Columbus area. Coach Phil Marino stepped down as coach after 15 years with the Blue Devils. They had a tough season last year, finishing 1-9. and nine. Their only win was a 55-20 victory over the Jordan Red Jackets. But this Columbus Blue Devils team is in good hands with Coach Peters as he knows the system. They're going into a new region next season. They will be in 2A with all the public schools minus Northside. So it is going to be very interesting to see how the Columbus Blue Devils fare. So we got two brand new head coaches in Muskogee County, Coach Emmanuel Brown for Kendrick and Coach Bobby Peters for Columbus. The Columbus River Dragons are in action this weekend, starting on Friday, February the 2nd. It is education night. Puck drop at 7.35 as they will be taking on the Mississippi Sea Wolves. So if you are a teacher or an educator and you want to bring a group from your school to the game, just contact Kirk Underwood at 720-975-5306. And then on Saturday, it's military night. I was there last year. An incredible atmosphere to see all those basic training soldiers in one section. Last year, they recited the Soldier's Creed. It was breathtaking. Absolutely incredible. 
and it was the first sellout in a long time for the Columbus River Dragons, who right now have the best record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. I am excited to announce that next week on the Sports Beat, I plan on having Columbus River Dragons forward Jay Krupp. He is coming on the show. He just scored his 100th career goal in Federal Prospects Hockey League history, and he also played in his 300th Federal Prospects Hockey League game. I'm going to ask him what that feeling is like and talking about this upcoming weekend and what it really means to be a Columbus River Dragon. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our first break here on the show. And when we come back, I'm going to have my special episode where I relive the top 10 NCAA tournament moments in the state of Georgia. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. We'll be right back. Yeah! Stick around. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. And here on the show, I have a special list. As many of you know, I am a college basketball fan, and I wanted to come up with a list with the top 10 greatest moments in NCAA history in the state of Georgia. It seems like there's a lot of basketball talent here in this state, and not many. Teams from Georgia make it to the NCAA tournament. Sometimes there's none. There's rarely two, but the two schools that are located here in Georgia are Georgia Tech and Georgia. They have had success over the years, but it is not sustainable success. So what I'd like to do, I'm going to start with number 10. Let's go ahead and talk about this team. Number 10. The Georgia Bulldogs in 1996 make it to the Sweet 16 under head coach Tubby Smith. This is one of the reasons why Tubby Smith ended up getting the Kentucky job. They were a number eight seed. They defeated Clemson in the first round, 81 to 74. Big upset in the second round as they defeated Purdue, 76 to 69. Purdue was led by future NBA star Brad Miller. The Georgia Bulldogs had Shandon Anderson would go on to later play for the Utah Jazz. Their time would come to an end. In the Sweet 16, they lose to the Syracuse Orangemen, 83-81. Syracuse would go on to make it to the Final Four that year, where they lost to Kentucky in the NCAA Championship Final. Great year. For the 1995-96 Georgia Bulldogs, that is at number 10. Number 9, 1985, Georgia Tech advancing to the Elite Eight. This team really put Georgia basketball on the map. Bobby Crimmins, you know, he took over in 1981. And for the 84-85 season, Georgia Tech looked like a team that could do some damage in the NCAA tournament with a 27-8 record. They were a number two seed. They defeated the number 15 seed, Mercer. Remember, this is the year that they included the field to 64 teams. The Mercer Bears were led by Sam Mitchell, the former Minnesota Timberwolf, and Indiana Pacer, who also called Columbus home. 
That was a big and a close win by the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. They defeated Syracuse in the second round, 70-53. to Defeated number three, Illinois, 61-53, to and then their time ran out as they ended up losing to Georgetown. Remember, Georgetown had Sleepy Floyd, Patrick Ewing, 60-54. to The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, led by Mark Price and John Sally, made it all the way to the Elite Eight, and it really put Georgia Tech on the map. They would go on to the Sweet 16 the following year, but that actually isn't on my list. Number eight, the Kennesaw State Owls make the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. Look, Kennesaw State has become an NCAA Division I program since 2005. They won a championship at the NCAA Division II level, and then they make that transition into the Atlantic Sun. They've had some great moments in their school's history, like upsetting Georgia Tech in 2010. But they've really fallen off a cliff for the last couple of years. Amir Abdulrahim, in his first year, only wins one game. But Kennesaw State had all of Metro Atlanta buzzing last year in the NCAA tournament. They were even up by 11 points against Xavier. They were a number 14 seed, and just the simple fact that they made it to the NCAA tournament put Kennesaw State on the map, and they're actually looking pretty good this year. It resulted in Coach Amir Abdurrahim accepting the head coach position at South Florida. Unfortunately, Chris Youngblood, one of their star players, followed his former coach, to South Florida, where he now plays for him. That's number eight. Number seven is the 14th seed Georgia State upsetting the number three seed Baylor in 2015. We all remember the shot. R.J. Hunter right at the buzzer. His dad, Ron Hunter, falling out of his chair. Georgia State really had a great run, and they made to the NCAA tournament a couple more times after that. I got that at number seven. Number six the Mercer Bears upsetting the Duke Blue Devils in 2014. Mercer was a 14 seed, and Mercer, led by their head coach, Bob Hoffman, went 27-9, and and they pulled off the biggest upset in their school's history with a 78-71 victory over the number three seed Duke Blue Devils. Duke was a good team that year. I mean, they had Jabari Parker, and they had some future NBA players. Mercer was led by Langston Hall from Chambly High School. He averaged 14.6 points a game. Just an incredible team. Mercer would later go on to lose to Tennessee in the second round of the NCAA tournament, but it was a good showing for the Mercer Bears coming in at number six. Number five, the 11th seed Georgia State upsetting the number six seed Wisconsin in 2001. This team was led by the former Maryland Terrapin coach, Lefty Drizel. He comes in and takes over a Georgia State program that's trying to rebuild. He would end up facing his former team in the second round of the NCAA tournament where they ended up losing. But what a great run for the Georgia State Panthers in 2001. And up to this point, only Georgia and Georgia Tech really has had moments in the NCAA tournament. There hasn't really been another team that came out and had its moment. And 
for one shining moment, the Georgia State Panthers, who had a very good year that year, 29-5. and And they beat Wisconsin by one. They were led by Shernard Long and Thomas Terrell. Those were the Panthers star players. And good season in 2001 for the Georgia State Panthers. All right. Number four, the moment was really in the conference tournament. But they did make it to the NCAA tournament. They even had a documentary on this entire story called Miracle 3. I'm talking about the 2008 Georgia Bulldogs who came into the SEC tournament with only four wins. They had to win four games in three days, including a buzzer beater against Ole Miss. Then they would have to take down Kentucky. They would play Mississippi State. That Kentucky and Mississippi State series was all done in one day. And then defeating Arkansas in the championship, the Georgia Bulldogs, led by their head coach, Dennis Felton, and their point guard, Sonadia Gaines, who went on to play for the Utah Jazz, was an incredible moment for the Georgia Bulldogs. And unfortunately, it took a tornado in Atlanta to rip a hole in the Georgia Dome, which, by the way, it did save a lot of lives. They said in that document, if that other game didn't go into overtime, that Mississippi State-Tennessee game, if it didn't go into overtime, that a lot of people would be exiting the Georgia Dome and they would be out on the street when the tornado hit. Georgia would have to play their remaining games in the SEC tournament at their hated rivals arena as Alexander Memorial Coliseum can only fit 9,000 fans. And they ended up having to win the SEC tournament on Georgia Tech's home floor. It was a great moment. For the Georgia Bulldogs, they would later get the number 14 seed and they would lose to Xavier in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Number three, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets Final Four team in 1990. Lethal Weapon 3. All three players averaged more than 20 points a game. Brian Oliver, Dennis Scott, and Kenny Anderson. It's a pretty special team that Bobby Crimmins had. I mean, you're talking about a reign of success by Bobby Crimmins and what he did really putting Georgia Tech on the map. And the entire 1980s, Georgia Tech was considered point guard U. They had some amazing players. And Georgia Tech in 1990, making it to the Final Four, they lose to the eventual champion UNLV running Rebels. Probably one one of the greatest teams of all time with Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman. But I got that at number three. Number two, it's all about the Georgia Bulldogs. Hugh Durham leading them to the Final Four in 1983. They had players like Terry Fair and Vern Fleming. Got a big upset in the Elite Eight when they beat the North Carolina Tar Heels led by Sam Perkins and Michael Jordan. This team, who came in as a number four seed, went 24-10 and 10 that year. Remember, this is the year after Dominique Wilkins. They got a big upset win against St. John's as well. They beat North Carolina you know, as a number four seed. And they're playing NC State in the final four. NC State is also on a miracle run with Jim Valvano. You have Derek Wittenberg, Lorenzo Charles. 
That team was a huge underdog to fight Slamma Jamma in the championship. Georgia lost to them 67-60. to So Georgia was on the wrong side of history. But I love that team with Vern Fleming averaged 16.9 points a game. Terry Fair averaged 13.6 points a game. James Banks had 14 points a game. This Georgia Bulldogs team was special. Coach Hugh Durham getting them to the Final Four. And this really was a great time to be a Georgia Bulldog because the football team won three straight SEC championships. And so the basketball team doing great going to the Final Four. The girls basketball team led by Teresa Edwards, considered one of the greatest female basketball players of all time. It was great to be a Georgia Bulldog in the early 1980s. Just ask DJ Jones. He was part of that. And finally, number one, the team that came so close to winning the first basketball championship in the state of Georgia, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, making that incredible run to the NCAA championship where they face UConn. And I've said many times on this show that UConn is the luckiest non-blue blood team to win five championships. This was one of those championships. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who led by Paul Hewitt, he's been the coach since 2000, coming in, and they were a number three seed. I think they got some breaks, especially when they had to play Nevada. Nevada was a 10 seed. They got to play him in the Sweet 16. Huge upset in the Elite Eight, beating Kansas 79-71. to And who cannot forget the Will Bynum tip-in to defeat Oklahoma State in the Final Four, 67-65. But I think that time ran out on Georgia Tech in the championship where they would lose to a powerhouse UConn Huskies team, 82-73. to Y'all remember that team. Omeka Okafor, Ben Gordon, Charlie Villanueva. That was an incredible team. Now, Georgia Tech had some players that would go on to play in the NBA, like Jarrett Jack and Will Bynum. They also had B.J. Elder, Marvin Lewis, some really good players. And this Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket team will forever be remembered They can hang that runner-up banner with pride at McCamish Pavilion. This was a very special year, and that's why I have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, the 2004 Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, at number one of the top ten greatest moments in NCAA tournament history in the state of Georgia. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank everybody who has listened and downloaded the podcast and subscribed to the podcast. This is bonus content you're not going to get on the radio station. This is if you're subscribing to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in, and good night. You've been listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge presented by Georgia Alabama Sports Live. You can catch an episode daily on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. This is a podcast that covers local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. If you would like to catch a replay of the show, you can download an episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.